an amazing actor who left us way too soon. The great Chadwick Boseman said, sometimes you need to get knocked down to understand what your fight is. Welcome back to the Tim Black Pause podcast, Pause with Tim Black. I love you guys. I'm glad you came back. If you're new, follow this podcast. It don't get no blacker and no louder than this. Folks, this edition of Pause with Tim Black is going to go for the juggler. I don't have time to mess around. Time is precious, and we ain't got no time to waste. The theme of this show is, who's fighting for us? And if you ain't fighting for us, we ain't riding with you. It's a pretty simple concept, but I wanted to break it down, get some meat on the bone, help people get it through their heads, what we're doing, and why you should be doing it. Go to find this podcast. Go to timblackpause.com. Want to call into the radio show, the, the night show, Tim Black Show? Find that at jointimblack.com. Jointimblack.com. All right, it's time for me to be like my man cooking where they be and don't over talk it. <laughs> Shout out, young brother. Let's do this. And remember, cut the check. Cut the check. No, later on tonight, we open up the phone lines on the Tim Black Show, right? You guys know about that, right? Because we call into that. Pick up the phone. That's right. Let me not get ahead of myself too much. Let me remind everybody that I'm a supporter of reparations for black Americans, black descendants of slaves, free men, American descendants of slavery, however you want to classify that, or however you name that, to get to the same people I'm talking about. All right? Also, I'm a supporter of a black agenda, which may include that and a whole bunch of other shit, too. Like giving us back our land that the government stole. Stuff like that. It may include that. Some government contracting. They may include that. So, let's make that clear. Make sure everybody understands where they are. Because every once in a while, people stumble into my podcast or into my chat room. And for some reason, they don't know who, they don't know where they at. They get all discombobulated. You know what I'm saying? They think because they, you know, they got the complexion for the protection from the collection. They think because they white, they get used to running shit. I got to tell them, sit your ass down. Drink some ice, drink some sweet tea. Take a load off and learn something. Or the door, Johnson. That's right. It's different up in here. The same holds true for my coon friends. All my friends that spend their whole lives kissing white people's asses who don't even know how to stand all the way up with their back arched, you know, straight, shoulders back. They don't even know what that's like. They just totally subservient the whole time. Always being three people. Code switching, always, always code switching. Okay, so here we one way. So let me get to the show. Okay, so... All right, so I sent out this tweet, and I'm going to read you the tweet. It says, if your big idea for helping black people is to form a coalition with white people who don't support a black agenda 
or reparations. I'll call what you're doing a big fat waste of time. Yes, it's a waste of time. If what you're doing isn't geared to and built for leading black people out of the shit we've been in, what good are you? No, seriously, like, what good are you? Let me, let me, <laughs> I know it's so basic, right? I can end this show right there. That's more truth than you're ever going to hear on cable news media, right? But let's break it down a little bit. If what you're doing is building this group of people that you say that's important to do, you're building this coalition of all these different people in it, what good is numbers if the numbers don't support us? See, see, it makes no point. It's no difference. What good is having 100 people when, when it's time to fight, it's only five of y'all? Are the rest of them going to run interference and jump in front of bullets or something? And I'm not talking about people literally getting killed. What I'm saying is, if you go into a fight and there's 10 of y'all, but only two of y'all got hands... What's the point of having the rest of the people? You want to look like you got people with you. But see, that's crazy right there, right? It's a crazy analogy. But it's even worse than that. Because in this game, people building up these numbers to just make money. Because if you are trying to build numbers, but the numbers don't back what you say you are about, what is the point of those numbers? What's the point of the people? What's the point that you're driving to? Why should we give a damn about what you're doing? Why should your shit matter to us? Make it clear, man. Everybody else gets this shit, okay? Let me get, they get it, they get it, okay? You're going to be hard-pressed to find a whole group of Asian folks in America giving a whole lot of damn <clears throat> I'm sorry. Giving a whole damn about shit that don't concern them. I'm sorry. Gonna have a hard time doing it. There's a lot of Asian organizations. You know what they do? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But what they do is they look out for the interests of Asian people. Or the people that are in their group. That's called Advocacy. An advocacy group <coughs> is not an advocacy group of Asians or Koreans or Chinese or Japanese or Vietnamese or Thai. It's a, you know, I know it's a lot of people. I just didn't want to pick one group out of it. But they are their, their charter is to advocate for issues concerning those people. Okay? And no one would say, how disrespectful, how wrong of you. How divisive of you, Mr. Vietnamese man, for advocating for people like you, Vietnamese people. How dare you not advocate for the, uh, the, the, the Mexicans? How dare you not advocate for the Mexican-Americans? They're good people. And the, and the Vietnamese guy, I, I'm just guessing, would be like, hey, they got, they got Mexican groups, don't they? Mexican groups got a... Hone in on the Mexican shit. We're, we're handling our Vietnamese shit. You handle your Mexican shit. And then it'd be like, okay, you know what? You're right. 
See, the Vietnamese people will not have to apologize. They will make a bunch of concessions to Mexicans because the Mexicans got some other shit going on. They got their own concerns concerning where they come from, concerning, uh, you know, issues that are more pertinent to them. The southern border, for instance, certain types of discrimination they may face because of the, the, the working conditions where they work or whatever their industries are, primary industries, issues that concern them. They may have different health-related issues, uh, different challenges. So everyone should understand, and no one would say it's racist for the Vietnamese folks that had their own focus and the Mexican-Americans had their own focus and people had their own focus. But for some strange reason, guys, for some strange reason, when black people have, can't have their own agency, yeah, we can't, we can't, for some reason, when we, when I advocate for we, because we have a certain set of issues, a certain set of concerns, a certain desire uh, of, 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 a trajectory we want to go on or certain certain uh, deaths that need to be paid to us. We have a certain set of grievances. Let's put it another way. So we advocate for that. That's what I'm doing. I'm advocating for those grievances. I don't care what you say I did last year or two years ago or whatever shit you on. I'm telling you what I'm doing. And I'm telling you when you come here, I'm saying, this is what I'm doing. You ain't got to like it, Johnson. The door swings both ways. I don't think enough people do it. Enough, definitely not enough black people do it unapologetically. For some reason, people think they own black people. I thought slavery had ended except unless you were incarcerated. That's what I thought. I thought we were free. So back to my main premise. My main premise is this. If what you're fighting for is not for me, and you're not fighting for me, why should I give a shit about what you're fighting for? Why should I participate? And why should I care about you and what your concerns are about what I'm doing? Because you don't have a say in what I'm doing. What I'm saying, folks, there are people right now thumping them, chest acting like they are saving the whales when they're not advocating for black people. They want black eyes. Not black allies. Because if they wanted black allies... They would advocate for black people. See, what we have is this problem. Black people have been in America so long that some black people have fooled themselves into believing that they are white people with just a darker skin. But you know who will, who will remind you of this? Bigger than white people remind you that that ain't the case. You can watch all the afternoon school specials, all the um, uh, family, lifetime, original programming you want. And be dumb if you want to, but you will be reminded when you look at either reality, go outside to your car at late at night, get on an elevator with a white woman, uh, sir, a big man, go ahead and do that. Maybe then you'll be reminded or possibly uh, be driving alone in the south at night in a formerly sundown town. Uh, maybe you'll be reminded or just going to an all white establishment somewhere in the rural area. You may often be reminded. What I'm saying is, if you don't understand that this that this is this ain't your doing, it's not your. It's not. We didn't create this divisiveness. It's a reality. This is the way our country's structured and has been structured. And to advocate for black people as a black person, it's not divisive. It is a necessity. Because who's advocating for you? If it's not you fighting for you, who is fighting for you? I don't know who that person is, Johnson. 
No one would look at the LGBTQ people. And I know people get sensitive for this right now, but fuck it, be sensitive, because I want to say it. I look at the LGBTQ people, I never say, why aren't they advocating for me? No, I don't do that. Why would I do that? Why would I look at LGBTQ people and have my nose all up in their business about who they advocate for? No, because that's their thing. That's what they're doing. If you are if you are identifying your LGBTQ-ness before your blackness, that's on you. I don't know why you would do such because when you walk in the room, people may not people may not know that you are LGBTQ, but they're gonna damn sure know you black. But the point is, there are groups who advocate for LGBTQ. And they do so because, well, they have a certain specific set of interests. And we all know this extends beyond just race and gender. There are organizations for Texans who are advocating for things that go on in Texas to better Texas, I'm sure. There are groups that advocate for New Yorkers because there are certain things that are happening in New York that they want to address that affects their community. You understand what I'm saying? And no one has a problem. No one goes to New York and says, hey, New York, why aren't you advocating for us over here in West Virginia? Because the West Virginians know damn well the New Yorkers would say, ah, get out of here. What's up, son? Where you up? Why are you over here, son? Do your own advocate, son. Word the mother. That's some old shit I just said, word the mother. What I'm saying is, it's all understandable. When everything is understandable and people are very logical, until it comes to black people. Until it comes to black people, people start acting like they own you. And I think some of us have Stockholm Syndrome, Ida Rodriguez, like Ida said, some people got Stockholm Syndrome. They just in love with their captor. They are in love with their captor. They can't get away. They are still doing it. How are you going to say you got a black organization if you ain't got no black people in it? <laughs> How are you going to say you got a black organization if, if the only black people in your organization are you? <laughs> and like 10 other black people did the rest you got a thousand white people all making you shut the fuck up about black issues that's the danger of opening your your issue to everyone because those people are going to come with their own issues their own concerns I'm not saying that's the case all the time but more often than that people are going to be concerned about what they're concerned about they're going to be concerned about their own issues because they are a human being. And even if they don't, you're going to censor yourself because these people are the people keeping your lights on. They are your base and you don't want to piss them off or you have to start from ground zero. Now, I'm speaking from experience. I was always black, always will be black. Never had a problem at all speaking up on black issues. Was the only for a long time. Save it, save like Ben Dixon, Noah Changa. The brothers over at Clickbaity Political Podcast came later. Okay? But me and Ben been at this shit for 10 years. There are other people, don't get me wrong. 
but on the left in politics. We were, you know, always talking about black issues. I know I was. But at some point, you come to a fork in the road and you either take the fork left or right. And I'm telling you, I decided, and I don't mean that politically. You either make a decision. Are you going to advocate for black people? Are you going to advocate for diversity? Are you going to advocate for white people? What are you going to do? Because those issues are going to collide at some point. And you must make a decision. Make a decision. What you're doing. What your purpose is. And I think some of you have it twisted. And the reason why you have it twisted is because it's convenient. I understand you're trying to get your business started, but never, ever, ever get it confused. We see you. No one's going to really trust you if you ain't advocating for them. You can't say you're advocating for the Jewish people and then spend all your time talking about black folks. That ain't how it works. Now, people can, people can work together if they have common interests. But that's not how you start. That's not how you build. You start, you build your base within the people, the, org, the people that you're advocating for. Any type of alliances come after you have created something of note within your own group that you're advocating for. So when you open up the doors for diversity and you open up the doors for working with the whites and the Latinos and all these other people, and you have yet to build a foundation of working with your own people, I call you suspect. Because you are suspect. If you are advocating for black people, then you will be building coalitions with black people. There are so many different types of black people to to, to coalition with. This is my city, black people, my rural black people, my urban black people, city urban, my suburban black people. There are my conservative black people. There are my more progressive black people. There are my independent black people. There are my hip hop, my 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 rugged, uh, my my party going. There are my at home. There are my Christian. There are my deeply Christian. There are my agnostic. There are like all types of flavors of black people. 40 million black people live in the United States. Last time I checked around that number, right? I think that's, I don't know the number. I don't know the number. But I'm going to say 40 40 million. I think it's somewhere around there. That's a hell of a coalition to build on, isn't it? Why the fuck would you need to go other places? I want to know the answer to that. Why would you need to go other places to find other people to build a coalition if your goal is not really to build a coalition with those group of people? Your goal is some other shit. Let's make it clear, man. There are going to be some people that support black reparations, but more often than not, it's not going to be as many as we need, at least not initially. What we need is to Grow the people that support our goals, black people, because self-reservation would tend to lead one person to see the, see the, the benefit of supporting yourself and take the strength of the numbers of those groups, of that group, with like, not just like interest, but likely outcomes, likely shared outcomes. That's it. 
Because that's really the glue. The glue that binds us are the likely outcomes. If we and you are trapped in a room, or ten of, five of us are trapped in a room, and, it's, and there's shooters outside, we'll work together. If we're in a room that's, if we're in a building, put it this way, if we're in the building and some, some, some uh, terrorists come in with guns, regardless of what denomination, is, whatever they are, they come in with guns, all of a sudden everybody in that room becomes what? Supporting of one another, right? Why is that? Because we have a shared outcome. We have a shared outcome, sir. Come on, Johnson, you get this. We have a shared outcome, so therefore we're working together on the premise that we want to make it out of the building alive. And that gives us a shared of uh, a, a, a coalition. Cuz we're all looking to live. So it makes sense for us to work together towards that. And now we can rise above our petty stereotypes and biases. But when you take people that aren't locked in a room, Joss, you got people that are locked in their own personal rooms from their own personal groups with their own personal shit. Raising a shit environment full of biases, misinformation, bad news, fake news, alternative viewpoints, raised under different types of tutelage and all types of influences. And then you want to say, oh, gosh, we should all come together to form Votron. Fuck out of here. You have your coalition ready right there for you. Your coalition is in the black community. You're going to have enough. It's a big enough job to get all black people, <laughs> to get all American descendants of slaves, all freedmen, all of us from America, born here a couple generations, okay, to get on the same page about anything. All right? That's a big enough struggle. What I'm getting there, guys, is I don't believe that everybody's really down for the shit they said they're down for. It sounds good to talk like you're a revolutionary, but you're not a revolutionary unless you really fight for what you say you're fighting for. And I don't think that everyone's really fighting for what they claim to be fighting for. Because if they were fighting for it, they wouldn't be diluting their fucking message. They wouldn't have people that they call that they're forming coalitions with who are directly opposed to the shit that they say that they're trying to put together. And anybody buying it is full of shit. And the only reason why people like it, because they like the fact they're diluting your fucking message, you goofball. Because their goals ain't your goals. And some people, I'm not convinced, some people are infiltrators coming in just to dilute your fucking message. So give, give, mix, miss me with the braggadociousness of how you're building something. Everyone knows what I support and what I'm about and what I'm working towards. What matters? Unapologetically. It is what it is. There are people who, who are stubborn as hell and can't accept reality. They thought I was a Trump supporter because I thought Biden was shit. I still think Biden's shit, and I'm still not a Trump supporter. I think both parties suck, Johnson, and I advocate for black people getting what's owed to them. What part of that is hard to under-fucking-stand, I don't know. But it didn't have to me to convince them. 
If your big idea for helping black people is to form a coalition with white people who don't support black agendas, and if you accept just anybody on the basis of universal policies like Medicare for all, student debt relief, well, then you don't, you're not really committed to reparations in the black agenda. <clears throat> now, I'm not saying you got to be committed to reparations in the, black, in the black agenda. You don't have to be. Just stop lying. Stop pretending like you give a shit. Stop pretending you're doing anything other than trying to build a brand. Stop pretending that your interests lie further than your own personal goals. That's all. It's disrespectful. All right. I also want to. I want to also bring into this because I brought up Ida Rodriguez for a reason. She's got a. She's got a uh, HBO special. I'm so used to saying Netflix. She already did a Netflix. Okay. Now she has an HBO special. It's called Fighting Words, and I watched it last night. And I want to give my sister Ida Rodriguez props. Give Ida props, please. Come on now. Come on, one more time. Okay. I want you to give her props because what I witnessed in this special is someone who's funny, which is good because it's a comedy special. Kind of good to have jokes. And she had jokes. But what I witnessed is more than just comedy. What I want is something that's important for people to watch. I felt like a better person after watching it. I feel like I understood Dominicans better and Puerto Ricans better and understood uh, how they look at the world and the, the different struggles of different people who are different from me. I feel like I learned something. And, I, and, and more than that, I felt touched and moved. Almost brought a tear to a brother's eye, and I was just walking around crying all the time. That ain't how I roll. So this was great work, and I want to encourage everybody to go see it. But my point is not just to big her up. I already bigged her up, both on social media and privately. My point is this. Ida Rodriguez is very clear. She wants to make a pathway to put people like her to give them an outlet to be able to do their thing and have more voices. More Dominican voices, more Puerto Rican voices, more voices of those people being able to do their comedy and do their art and get recognition for that. And you know what? As I heard her say that, as a person who's had it on my show and she's had me on her show and I consider her a sister of mine, a friend of mine, I had no problems with it. Yeah, I didn't feel like, what's she doing advocating for Dominicans and Puerto Ricans? What's wrong with us? Why is she all down? She don't want to work with us? Oh, how divisive of her. No. How dare she? No, I didn't feel that way at all. I said, damn, why don't I feel that way? It's because I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not a white supremacist. She don't owe me shit and I don't own her. And she can hook up or be working with whoever the 
hell she wants to work with because we don't have that type of relationship. And what I mean, we, I mean, black people and Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, us brown folks don't feel like we own other brown folks. Black folks don't feel like they own Latinos or Latinx or however you put it. No, it's extra. So then I thought, I said, damn, I know when I talk about supporting and helping black people, I get white people going, well, that's divisive. Well, that's not how you used to be. You used to do this, you used to do that. But I don't get that from my damn. I get it from some Latinos that basically pass for white. Yeah, I get it from them because just because you brown don't mean you can't perpetuate white supremacy. But that's what I'm talking about. It's like it's all clicking. Get it? You think you own something. You see the world as you first after everybody else. And that's part of the problem. And that's part of the reason why I got to advocate for black people. Because of the way you feel. The way you feel has created me to have to be this way. You don't get it. The fact that you feel that you get to dictate to a black man what his program should be about, what his focus should be about, what his advocacy should be about, shows that I need to be a black man that controls my focus, controls my advocacy, and controls my programming to the fullest. You create this, and black folks, they have created that need. So they like to say that we're the ones that are racist and divisive. When everything in America has been built on the color of our skin, all the, all the obstacles they put in front of us are based on color. And then they got the nerve to show up in 2021 and tell a black man talking about race that he's the divisive one. He's the problem. They don't look at their ancestors. They don't look at their fucked up government. They don't look at their institutions. They look at a person on a video and say that person's the problem. Omitting. All of the shit that makes this black man do what he does. <sighs> Takes a certain kind of audacity, doesn't it? Takes a certain level of arrogance. Out the room arrogance. Jump out the gym arrogance. God, that's a lot of arrogance. That's the type of arrogance that make Donald Trump go, damn, you got a lot of arrogance. You so arrogant, damn, boy, Tony Robbins would be like, damn, you got a lot of confidence. <laughs> you are fully confident. Dr. Phil needs to sit down and talk to you. Oh, God, oh, come, come on, God damn it. That dog won't hurt. Oh, my God, you got so much arrogance. You are so arrogant. Look at you. I can't believe what I'm hearing. You are so arrogant. Jesus Christ, your arrogance bigger than Texas. You are really arrogant. So anyway, shout out to Ida Rodriguez. Shout out to black people that don't hold other black people back. Shout out to, also a big shout out to uh, 
recognizes that when people ain't doing well, they say and do things out of desperation. Anyone susceptible to that, it's a knee-jerk reaction. I hope people would work on it, temper it, temper it, and know that it only hurts you in the long run. Desperation can really screw you up. So, I think some people have have deployed certain activities based on that configuration. With me! And they were just trying to get where I am, so they gotta take a brother down, but just know, unless you advocate for us fully, fuck it. You know, people are talking about this COVID stuff and there are a lot of conspiracies, a lot of theories, and a lot of things being said. <clears throat> but you know, one of the things I said up here, people say, is that this is mostly what's going on there with the beef, the complaints? Money! 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 Hey, look, if, if the news, if, if cable media did not have this to talk about, about the jab, what would they be talking about? I mean, it just dawned on me like, yo, without talking about the jab, what would they talk about? They got nothing. They have nothing else to discuss. That's all they got. They have nothing else to talk about. They have nothing else, Johnson. Trump is gone. Biden is uninteresting as vanilla ice cream with no vanilla. Just white ice cream with nothing. He's like white cake with vanilla ice cream on top. <laughs> he is uninteresting as hell. Potatoes with no salt, no batter, no sour cream, no nothing. Guys, lame as, they lame as hell. He make a person in a coma fall asleep. This guy's horrible. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, this, this patient's never gonna wake up. Either we gave him too much anesthesia or he's been listening to tapes of Joe Biden talk. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't think we could bring him back. It's been exposed to Biden on a real to real for the last 10 hours. It's a wrap, Johnson. When they would focus on, here goes an important fact. $2 trillion. $2 trillion is the amount of money that 745 billionaires in America made during this pandemic. Yes. Yes. 745 billion heirs made a combined, a cumulative of an extra $2 trillion just over the last 18 months or so, right? I did the math on that. That's an extra $2.7 billion per billionaire. Per billionaire. That's an incentive to keep some shit going, Johnson. Shoot, that's a nice investment. They could have just reaped that just on regular, like, base. That's not something you, they would normally do. That's a lot of money to make in less than two years. Doing a downturn in a pandemic. It did pretty good. It did all right. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought I'd point that out. Um, for the record, oh, this is funny. So, 
yesterday I covered LeBron James. No, I didn't cover LeBron. I covered Kyle Rittenhouse. Okay, Kyle Rittenhouse. I covered that. I did a long form thing. I think I did a good job on it. A lot of good feedback from it. So much feedback about my Crocodile Kyle video that all of a sudden everyone's saying Crocodile Kyle. I was like, wow, these guys say Crocodile Kyle too. Huh, who said it first? Probably me. But, you know, you can't patent a, a word. But I think the way we put together our episode recently on this speaks for itself. So uh, LeBron James said something about Kyle Rittenhouse crying. Right? About the crocodile tears of Kyle Rittenhouse. He said something on a tweet in a tweet. Said something like, uh, how'd it go? That boy ain't crying. That boy ate a box of lemon heads before he went to trial. That boy ain't crying. That boy ate a box of lemon heads before he took the stand. Get out of here. Or something like that. <laughs> Yo, the right went crazy. Yeah, you can't talk about Kyle, man. That's their baby. That's their bouncing baby white supremacist. Oh, little Kyle, little Kyle, Kyle. Yeah, how many people see the picture of Kyle in the bar with the Proud Boys making the white supremacist hand sign with the I'm free as fuck shirt on laughing while out on bond? He did not appear to be crying. And I wonder what they were talking about. Were they talking about his case? It's amazing. When he's on the stand in front of us, he's crying about having to shoot people. At the bar, he's having a couple of beers and laughing. I don't even know if he had beers. Can he drink? I don't know. Here's the thing to the people... To the people defending Kyle Rittenhouse crying on the stand. Who want to say, he's just a kid. You're making fun of him crying. <clears throat> when people cry, tears usually come out. Alright? When people cry, tears come out. Typically. But you that's, no, tears come with that. When you get the ugly face, that's when it's more tears. Like, this should have been, his cheeks should have been covered in White tears. There's tears is everyone's tears. There were no tears, man. How are you going to defend a guy crying who ain't got no tears? There's no tears present. You can't see that. You can't call that without Johnson. You really going to start bringing up, well, these people who shot their rap sheet. You look at their, what the, that got to do with anything? Now he's a cop. I tell you, man, these conservatives are so used to getting cops off, they make everybody a cop. <laughs> they use the same excuses they use for cops who shoot people. Yeah, hey, look at the rap sheet he had. As if they got a Rolodex of people's former uh, 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 crime, criminal acts in their heads. Like they just, you know, like it's a minority report. You know what I'm saying? And, Inside their brains are just everyone's rap sheets. And when they see a criminal, when they see a person, they're dealing with them on the street, they just see, you know, they see, oh, this guy. Uh, domestic abuse. Uh, domestic abuser. 
Uh, rob attempted robbery. Yeah, I'll get him. I'll get him. Hell no. We know that's not what happens, but that's what the conservatives do. People that are dead, they like to, you know, look at their rap sheet and say it was okay to kill them because they got a rap sheet. You know, and in an over-police, typically it's black people they do this too. Because, you know, we're over-policed anyway. A report just came out how, you know, we're over-policed and well, how cops get been getting away with killing us like hotcakes. <laughs> like over half, like over half as many of uh, cop interactions interactions that resulted in deaths were not record not reported that were reported. Yeah, like like <laughs> they found out that all these cop deaths weren't being reported. They kind of skipped them, left them out, or mislabeled them. So it's like crazy. So anyway, these conservatives are like really tripping, man. And look, I want, I want you to know that we see through you. But there is one good thing about this. It's good to see that the conservatives and the Blue Lives crew, they don't just hate niggas. Nah, you don't just hate niggas. You hate, you hate other white people too. And I appreciate that. The problem with it is, it does not mean you don't hate us too. Nah, it doesn't mean that. It does not mean that. See, there are some white people right now who will use this to say, see, we're the same way with white people. Yeah, but it's white people you hate. You bigots have always been this way. Yeah. You bigots have always been this way. If there were white people that you didn't like, you killed them too. I'm not saying white people don't kill white people. I'm saying white people kill black people more. Particularly cops. Yeah. And all the lynchings that were done. All the way up to last week. All the lynchings. Because I consider George Floyd a lynching. I consider Elijah McClain a lynching. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I consider that. I consider Ahmaud Arbery a lynching. That's what I consider that. Who did those? But yeah, it is, it is reassuring. And it changes things up a little bit. It's a little, you know, because things get a little boring. I'm glad to see that you guys can diversify your crucifixions. You don't always have to crucify a black kid that's who's, who you murdered. That you will crucify a white person that was murdered as well. It doesn't make me feel better, but it's good to see that you will, you know, do that. <laughs> you know, there are some people that fell for Juicy Smollett. <laughs> some people fell for Juicy Smollett, right? Remember what he said? He got beat up by the MAGA people. Remember that? You know, so so I, I, I remember this. I remember people believed it. I didn't believe it. Like, I, I, I just didn't know enough information to get involved in the story. But some people fell for it. They fell for it. You're worse than them, though. <laughs> You're worse than them. Yeah. There are people defending, Ahmaud, defending, defending the killers of Ahmaud Arbery right now. Right now, defending them. Going down with the ship. They could care less. So here's the thing, guys. Don't tell me I'm wrong for saying Kyle Rittenhouse. Why don't you treat Kyle Rittenhouse like you treat black people? Don't, don't give me that because that's a very valid point. 
But I would have, I would have now addressed you and say, "Why are you defending Ahmaud Arbery's killers?" Yeah, obviously, we got it on tape. This young man was running from these white people, like Kyle Rittenhouse was running, right? And Ahmaud Arbery, unlike Kyle, hadn't just killed the guy. So Ahmaud Arbery's running from white people. Kyle Rittenhouse is running for white people. He's trying to get away, but unlike Kyle, he's unarmed. Right? Why aren't you defending, why aren't you going after the killers of Ahmaud Arbery? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a great analogy. Let's hold tight there for a second because I haven't heard anybody address this. Yeah, so, so black people watch it. Black people, next time you're talking to a white person and they're bringing up Kyle Rittenhouse, bring up Ahmaud Arbery. Because someone said, Tim, you know, you're not, you can't compare, compare Kyle Rittenhouse to, to uh, George Floyd or anyone else or someone else. No, but I think Ahmaud Arbery has certain elements of the story that are right in line with Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, he was running away. Some people wanted to have a talk with him. And they talk with their guns. Ahmaud Arbery didn't have a way to talk back. We're trying to talk back for him using the justice system. And some of y'all are standing in the way of that. And even if black people don't support Kyle Rittenhouse in the numbers that you would like, isn't it strange that we're not on the jury? Yeah, we're not on the jury. But in the Ahmaud Arbery story, in this case, in the murder trial of the murder of Ahmaud, of Ahmaud Arbery, it's only got one black person on that jury. And I've yet to see a lot of my white people have anything to say about it. Quiet. Quiet as a church mouse. Nothing to say. And look, I'm just pointing out hypocrisies. I'm pointing out hypocrisy and I'm fighting for equality. Some form of equity for black folks. We need, to, we need you guys to cut the check. That's what we need to do. If you cut the check, I shut up and leave you alone. But you're not going to cut the check, are you? That's why I got to stay on you, to force you to cut the check. Also support a black agenda because we didn't, get this, we didn't get in this position in America on our own. Now, you don't end up with less than 2% of the, of the country's wealth by accident. Yeah, everyone doesn't have a gambling problem. All black people don't have gambling problems. And, and, uh, and uh, spend our money on rims. Just because we got a couple of dumb niggas that say stupid shit like this to appease white people. Because they don't want to piss off a white audience that they can't grow. Okay? But, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to... It's, I know you find a way to do it, but... 13% of the population ends up being 50% of the homeless population. Ah, uh, I think white supremacy got something to do with that. Either that or you think that black people just like living outside. And as I recall, that was your thing. All right, guys, remember, Pause with Tim Black is a podcast as well. Some people prefer to listen to this. 
They ain't got time to watch the video of me yelling with my head, my head shining. They'd rather <laughs> just push play. Now, that's cool. Listen while you work. Listen while you do what you do, okay? That's cool. Go to timblackpause.com. Follow this podcast. And if you, if you write a review for the podcast, we'll send you two cut-the-check bracelets or wristbands. They're wristbands. Guess that's what you call them. All right, guys, I got to get ready for my next show. We will open up phone lines. People will talk. It will be dope. I invite you to come to the Tim Black Show a little bit later. But until then, remember, we don't have to agree with everything. We don't. We, we sh- you know, we're different people. That's okay. I'm building a coalition. I build that coalition because I'm advocating for black people. It's a very specific thing. But that does not mean that I would never support other coalitions or other issues. I will. But I feel so strongly about what I'm doing, and I think it deserves my undivided attention. Get what I'm saying? I will not dilute what I'm doing in order to grow it. Because all growth ain't good growth. All right. I'll see you guys on the next one. Remember, cut the chat. Wolfpack. I want to thank everybody in the Super Chats, anybody who donates to the show, my moderators, my Tim Black Wolfpack for putting up with me when I'm late. Thank you for holding me down. I appreciate you out here in these internet streets. Shout out to Tamara Johnson, Sheely, Ida Rodriguez, two dynamic women, Putting it down, my sisters. I'll see you soon. Wolf Pack.